everybody frank here i just want to give another uh content warning we are do mention pages sexual assault that happened last episode we didn't know we were going to be talking about that so that's why donnie doesn't mention it in the original trigger warnings but i just want to give you guys a heads up so you could be prepared all right i will uh see you after the jump all right and here comes hiram and donnie and all of us all right bye Hello, everyone, and welcome to I Hope I Can Make It Through, a Degrassi viewing podcast. I'm your veteran, Donnie. I'm your neophyte, Frank, who's ready to rumble! And today we have a very special guest with us. This is a uh, Degrassi veteran who apparently I reopened this memory bank of a couple of weeks back. Um, and also has some has very special and important credentials for this episode as he did wrestling himself back in the day. Uh, please intru- please everybody, please provide a warm welcome for our guest, Hiram. Um, so we are going to be checking out season two, episode nine, Mirror in the Bathroom. Uh, before we get into this episode, a really important content warning because we are going to be talking about eating disorders and disordered eating in general. Um, so please be aware of that. And if you need to sit this episode out, please do not hesitate to. Um, now Hiram, we always ask our guests a very important question, which is what is your relationship with Degrassi? Um... Apparently, I watched a, a lot more of it than I knew I did. Uh, you were over, I want to say, like two or three weeks ago, and I knew I always watched it. Like, I have a perpetual memory of, like, Emma's face lodged into my brain somehow. Uh, and uh, we kind of put it on for kicks. In fact, we put this episode on for kicks uh, just because it had wrestling in it, and I found that immediately relatable. And it just kind of started coming back to me in waves. It's like, oh, I recognize, like, everybody here uh so i think i watched it before college and a little bit during college because one of the other people i was in class with also watched it uh and we were kind of forced to i went to school for tv writing uh, as part of my curriculum and regrettably and that's something that you know we had to do we had to watch and talk about tv shows so this is one that i was familiar with and uh i rewatched a lot of for better or for worse back then so I guess that's my relationship. Uh, I'm watching it again now, and uh, more importantly, I'm watching the new one, which, I'm, again, I'm going to avoid spoiling anything, but I am enjoying way more than I anticipated. I or the latest one, I guess? Yeah, like the Netflix incarnation, I guess, for some people. Um, sure, yeah. But Frank is l- l- so far away from that, but... Oh, yeah, be... don't, don't worry. I'm just, I'm just giving you my uh, relationship with it. I not going to talk about that it holds like no relevance other than that i think it's like absolutely fabulous and i love it uh, even even though you gave me the warning that it would not be good i think it's been fantastic um, i think i set uh, your expectations frank, low enough <laughs> yeah um frank i'll just say that there are characters that are written as if they should be in a christopher nolan movie but they're in degrassi so use your imagination there um, <laughs> just as incredible as that would imply uh, it's really really good standout stuff uh, i love it so so so, mm. so sorry this week this weekend i was going to like a family gathering and i had a big power move planned and like i was just like i was texting my sister i was like are we gonna have to is there gonna be a sit-down dinner at this thing I don't want to have any no- small talk. I have no time for that. 
I'm all about big talk, and my big talk was just obs- talking about how Christopher Nolan is obsessed with IMAX screens, and just like <laughs> that was going to be my whole. That, that's a that's a that's a hot take. Uh, I, I saw. I haven't actually seen any Christopher Nolan in IMAX, but I did see the trailer for The Dark Knight Rises in IMAX when I saw Mission Impossible 4, which was the last IMAX movie I ever saw. And it was very good. Mission Impossible movies are good. But that's... that's we're not... I mean, I could talk about that separately. But, um... I, are, are his movies good in IMAX? Well, from what I've heard, he finds that his preferred medium is the IMAX. Huh. All right. <laughs> I'm not here to knock that. You know, him and his robot brain. Yeah, yeah, he's a little bit weird with emotions, but I like him. I, yeah, he's a, he's a broad strokes director, messy broad strokes, and that's okay with me. He absolutely is. So let's talk about the broad strokes that are. <laughs> Our, our A plot and B plot. So, um, Hiram, what we do around these parts is we have our guest introduce our A plot and our B plot in about one sentence each. So, if you could please... If you could Thanks. please introduce them. Uh, I don't think I ever got your document. Do I have, like, a timer going on? No, you're not uh, timed. Do not stress. Okay. Um, so, yeah, okay, this is something I'm going to give you a heads up. I'm really bad with the character names. Uh, Everybody is. Even yeah. as, much, as much as I watched it. So, uh, <laughs> um, mascot jerk makes fun of his friend, uh, even though he's in no position to for being smarter than he is. Peer pressuring him to join a wrestling team and cope with some really irresponsible uh, standards for joining the team, which are like I've never heard of. Uh, meanwhile, uh, the what's her face is a plus side model. Skinner is nice. <laughs> the other friends thinks they believe she's robbing things, and she's not. And they try to encourage her, but it makes her more self conscious. That's it. Sorry, you're just like one of many people who's called Spinner Skinner. Uh, uh, yeah, he's, he's. You sure? Yeah. yeah, we've had a bunch of people right. do it, and myself included. I'm pretty certain. Well, I'm gonna keep. There is. You want to know what? There what? was. There was a wrestler called Skinner. It's all connected. Yep. Uh, Steve Steve Kern. That was the name of the wrestler. He uh, played a Crocodile Dundee esque wrestler in the WWF during the uh, I want to say Hogan era. Um, Oh, and he was part of a fabulous uh, tag team, um, which had some amazing, amazing videos that I will link you to later, Donnie. Um, but that's that's just, that's another wrestling connection. I, I like all wrestling, real fake, Turkish mud, whatever. It's so that's funny, Hiram, because you you have like more credentials than like me and Frank combined talking about like any episode. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's that's that is probably not true. What? I mean, look, like, with the other episodes you wanted me to do, it's like, I I don't eat cheese from a can, I've never driven a car, like, what am I supposed to know about this? <laughs> um, I'm be piercing? You know? One of, one of my, um, 
favorite things is when wrestling tries to erase like wrestlers for bad like from their continuity for bad behavior. And then Hulk Hulk Hogan like came out with that racist nonsense like a few years ago. And I just like ima- I just imagine the like the WWE executives being like, We can't erase him. Like they it's it's really weird because like he's like on record apologize. I don't buy it. Nobody does. The many of the uh, the, the black wrestlers uh, also kind of rejected his apology, which is good. They should have because it was you know garbage. Um, but what's funny is they still have this like big award set up for the Ultimate Warrior, um, who's believe it or not a, a bit more vocal and public bigot, and they they haven't tried to erase that. It's really weird. Like. Hogan recorded secretly being racist, and Warrior was is like he went on campus tours uh, with like this racist program. Like it's I don't know, wrestling is one of the most carny things in the world. It, it's fabulous. It's messy. It's 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 as amazing as it is terrible. Um, but that that's I know way too much about pro wrestling. So wait, oh oh okay. So uh, the kid's Toby, right? That's right, and. <laughs> His friend sucks. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. No, no, no this is perfect. No. Well, like, let's 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 jump into the episode so we can fully unpack. So, at first, I thought like, you you had remembered JT's name. It was like his friend JT, and so well, so now I'm just like his friend sucks, and like that's no. that's just JT's. That's just JT's name now in my head. Is just no, it's, it's Toby perfect. and sucks. So like the the thing is, and the reason why we even have to think about these two is they are the a plot. And what's happening in the a plot is that um, it's like they're having announcements happen, which is a very common like Degrassi opener technique. Um, and they reveal that Toby placed third in like a computer programming event of some kind. And nobody cheers and nobody cares. Well, they kind of do. They're like, oh, yeah, okay. Like, you know, very, like, <laughs> tentative. Which, like, to be fair, I don't find that revelry to be, like, uncommon when it's, like, the middle of the morning announcements. <laughs> he also got go. third. Yeah, yeah. Like, we're not talking, like, all-star. <laughs> oh, um, I just want to make a weird comment. Poor Liberty like gets like nothing in this episode and stumbles over lines during the opening bit. I remember her name offhand. Uh did I get the name right? Yeah, Liberty. Yes. Okay, cool. Um Oh, now I'm on the wiki, so now I have all the names at my disposal. Uh can I also just have a side note here? Sure. Who designed who designed the wiki? And there's like the most hideous picture of Tristan <laughs> just like staring at you gotta resist you gotta stop thinking about i'm done well it's staring at me <laughs> Donnie, go go to the page go, i'll go to the page it'll be there for you it's not like it's a some randomly generated thing that face will be grinning at you too while you're trying to recall the names of characters like it is with me. but uh, other fun side note here uh the the uh the wiki appears to list the absences from the episode, which is a unique thing. Uh, so it lists the characters who had nothing in it, which were Craig, Jimmy, and Joey, apparently. Huh, that's it? Yeah, I there. guess a lot of other people had a role. Yeah, so there you go. 
I'm sorry. I just I'm I'm not used to potting. No, it's fine. Um, you don't. You're doing. You're doing great, Hiram. Yeah, don't start it, Hiram. Um, the mobile version does not have Tristan staring deeply into my soul. I don't know if you're missing out or, or what. I don't know what I call it. I don't know either. But anyway, I scrolled down. He's not. He's not there anymore. <laughs> he disappeared. He's not. He's not leering, and I don't recognize half of the other people who are leering. Oh, oh, oh that's a fun. Actually, no. The kicker here is that JT is the person hovering above him in the page side banner. Great. Uh, uh, so I'm actually going to send, I'll send you a screen cap just so you can see what I'm talking about. Excellent. Um, um, anyway, keep, keep going. Okay. Keep going. So Toby places third and everyone tepidly cheers. And then Sean is in a, then it's revealed in the announcement that Sean um, was in a wrestling tournament. I don't remember what place he got. I also want to say he got in third place, but I don't know if that's my memory I, substituting it. I think he probably got higher because he's, you know. Probably very, very, um, very tough. Yeah, but, like, regardless, like, everyone cheers really, really loudly about it. And, and Toby's just like, what? I'm sorry? I don't know, keep going. I was gonna, and Toby, um, expresses a feeling I get from a lot of the boys in Degrassi of, when will I, the straight white male, get what's coming to me? Right? <laughs> well, like, he has a hissy fit at Hasselakos about, like, DNA and, like, whether or not your DNA, like, dictates your whole entire life. And, of course, she's like, well, you know, some things, but, like, not all of them. I don't know. Meanwhile, JT's just like, oh, yeah, you're the computer guy. That's all you are in life. Bye. <laughs> JT's, JT's a, he's, he's a mascot. Like, he doesn't have a leg to stand on, even, like, riffing. Like, can't playfully riff with somebody if you're the mascot you can't you chose that that that's your bed you're gonna sleep in it and you can't be a jerk anymore. see are that's mascots viewed that negatively because like the mascot at By the me. okay well but you're a gritty fan how can you hate mascots oh god uh, gritty. high school mascots all right okay um, i'm going to defend mascots. i'm defending high school mascots here at one of the schools that I worked at, our mascot was a beloved member of the school community, um, and she's amazing, and everybody loves her, so, like, I'm whatever. Being, I'm being contrary, and I actually have no horse in the mascot race. <laughs> I, I was going to say, Hiram has a love of the sport of mascotting, but <laughs> and like does not like high school students disrespecting the sport. Specifically, JT. Specifically, yeah. Um, but, uh, I found it really funny that people cared so much about wrestling. Um, yeah. I that when, uh, I was in high school, nobody did. Um, we were as close as you could get to being, like, the outcasts of jocks. Like, uh, we formed a special kind of bond with the gymnastics team, especially because our, and I'll get into this later when, uh, we talk about it, but the conditioning for wrestling, uh, the drills that you do for, uh, you know, just any kind of conditioning, would be uh, on par with gymnastics in being, you know, often considered the hardest. Uh, so because we were both indoor teams during the same time of the year, uh, we would do, like, we would swap conditioning drills to, like, you know, put ourselves in other people's shoes. But the gymnastics team and the wrestling team were not looked at with any, like, you know, huge regard or anything like that. Nobody
So for everybody to cheer him is like, was Sean popular? Did people like Sean? I think his social, like, his social cred has gone up now that he's been hanging out with Craig. Yeah, that's how I kind of read the situation. But to, like, echo what you're saying, Hiram, I feel like between being a student in high school and also working in high school, I feel like wrestlers were viewed in a similar way in my experiences where, like, I wouldn't say they were outcasted in some of the schools that I've been at, but they certainly didn't command the presence that, like, the basketball team did or the football team yeah. did. I, I think... Yeah, that's essentially what I mean. Well... Um, were wrestling matches generally, like, during the day? Like, on, like, weekends and whatnot? Um, are you asking? Yes. Uh, no. Um, they'd be held in the evening. Uh, tournaments would be on the weekend. Okay, so, Um, but we would, our, our meets would be at night. Um, and sometimes it would happen at the same time as, like, you know your basketball ones or something like that, but that's because uh, we often needed a smaller gym space for it. Uh, I should add, um, I came from a really affluent community with really affluent high schools uh, in Connecticut. So, you know, you would have places which would have, like, you know, two gyms or something dumb like that. So it was not unheard of uh, to be able to do that simultaneous of other high school teams. And, and how long did, like, the wrestling meets, like, go for? A while. I want to say they were like three-hour things. You would have, and this is something I will also touch upon, you would have your varsity ones, Mm -hmm. uh, and you would have your JV um, stuff, and that's that's a crux of one of my big issues, or that's at the the heart of one of the big issues I take. I agree wholeheartedly with what you're uh, saying. With how this episode was laid out, I mean, you could have set up the same exact conflict without this bizarre... Trial to get in. I don't know. It made no sense. Like I was, I was confused. But I even want to watch it again. By the way, so keep keep going with your synopsis. Oh, I'm sorry. What I was just gonna say about wrestling because I I was on the track team for a while, and I think it's like the same reason why nobody showed up for the track meets is they're just too long. Yeah. Like, and you know, because like your basketball game that's like what two hours. I'm not sure how long a quarter is. Like, but. Uh, yeah, two and a half hours. Maybe. Yeah, Sorry. so like to be like, here's three hours of two dudes like shoving each other. I'm like, mm. I, I get it, but I also am like, I, I mean, I don't care about sports either way. So I've only been to like one college level wrestling match, and track and field was track in general was always the one that like when my kids would ask me to to go to it, I wouldn't know where to go, so I would just be like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm not feeling great. My favorite thing about track was I came from a very small school where they, we would just suddenly realize, oh, there's other events. And they'd be like, Frank, go do the discus. I'm like, I'm a runner. I don't know what I'm doing. And I just kind of throw the thing like 12 inches, maybe. <laughs> and like, So I'm like, all right, cool. I'm just going to go back to sitting waiting for my, waiting for my meet. So speaking of tr- doing something different... This kind of leads to, like, the whole argument that sets up this plot, which is that JT points out that Toby can change um, change his image if he really doesn't like being the computer guy so bad, which leads Toby to wanting to join the wrestling team because, quote, no one ignores jocks, JT. 
That's like, there's a, I'm sorry. No, keep going. I was just going to say, from, from the mouth of anybody uh, creepier, that would be a chilling line. <laughs> yeah, like, there's... Since he, since it, would be, it would come off as a threat, but he's a, he's a goober. Well, I, I, I was going to say, like, that's, like, some pretty, like, that's the height of white male privilege right there now, oh, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> like, nobody ignores the jocks. So... So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do remember that line. Uh, how does JT respond to that? I'm sorry, my brain is, like, I just watched it yesterday, but, like, nothing is playing in order in my brain. It's okay. Uh, Alright, just remind me about Windbreakers, because I thought that was, like, the funniest thing in the world. Uh, keep going, though. I just had a memory of the Windbreakers. I was like, was that then? No, that's not then. No, that's a little while before we get to the Windbreakers. Um... So, Toby's like, I'm going to try it for the wrestling team. And everybody's like, right, nerd, cool. Um, and this continues because then um, the next time we see them, it's Ashley trying to be like, hey, just so you know, like, you need your keys to go home. Um, and Toby's like, actually, I'm going to try out for the wrestling team. And she's just like, oh, okay, that's a joke, right? Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> That, that, that's that's like a JT joke, right? Because it's really not funny. Yeah, right. And, like, he also, does, like... He, oh, yes. Does he ever actively joke, though? Like, is he ever funny? JT? I'm sorry, I'm being way too literal here, but I don't remember him ever being funny. Wait, J- No, I, JT? Are we talking no, JT? Because no, we... No, not JT. I'm sorry, Toby. I'm getting backwards. No, that's no, okay. Yeah, uh, Toby is very sarcastic and sardonic at times. Yeah, I would agree with that. Like, he doesn't... Okay, yeah. He, his his humor is there. It's far more tolerable than JT's is. I agree. I personally find it funny. Because, er. like, oh, God, and JT has that one... Is this the one where JT has that awful line of, like, happiness is like Britney in a hot tub or something? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I blocked that out because I was like, I... 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 That's all I had. My Pip-Boy talks I'm, keep, I'm keeping... I'm keeping that in my pocket. That could be a good line someday. I, you never know. But, um... That was, I'm joking. I I'm figured done, I, you I, were. I knew you were. I mean, well, I was thinking it would be kind of cool just to hang out with, like, Britney Spears for, like, an oh, afternoon or something. I would love to hang out with Britney Spears. I would love to hang out with her sons. I would love them to tell me all about their Dragon Ball OCs and her, like, just supporting <laughs> them. It would be great. I, I would just be like, wow, like, I'm just so proud of you for bucking the system, like... And when, being alive. Yeah, like, <laughs> you came through the shit. Tell me all about it. Tell me your story, Brittany. <laughs> I would love to hang out with her. Like, not even joking. Um, but, anyway, so, so you know, we get to the actual tryout, which, Hiram, I know you have takes about, and as soon as you brought them up, I was like, oh, yeah, that's right, that doesn't make any goddamn sense. Um, because it's like, he walks in, he's seeing Sean pin a guy, um, and, I mean, Hiram, you can take this part, because the structure of this whole entire thing is, makes no sense, really. No, it doesn't. They say they have one spot available, and I started to really wonder how high school, um, how high school wrestling works over there. Uh, the issue, of course, being that, like, don't they have junior varsity? It's never mentioned that uh you know there's an option for anybody who doesn't make it and that that alone is pretty absurd um 
tournament setup is really odd. You generally don't have that thing where everybody surrounds everybody else during these tryouts. Uh, I don't know. It kind of reminded me of some like Mad Max scene or something like that. Like, it, like really inappropriate. Like, I would, I would have been pissed. Uh, now, I, I should add before I come on, <clears throat> I was by no means a good wrestler. Um, I have no competitive edge and sucked. Uh, you can actually look up my name, which of course nobody who's listening to this podcast can. Uh, but if you looked up my name, one of the things that actually came up, uh, and I'll send you a link to it, is is a page of like two of the meets that I was at uh, where I lost in like record time. But the point was, you never had that kind of like weird pressure to do that. I, I, that was kind of my thing. And also the, like stressing of making weight to the degree that they did. Now, I don't know how, what the conversion of kilo, was it kilos? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how that translates to uh, real uh, weight, <laughs> no pounds. Uh, but uh, uh, yeah, it's I don't know. It, it, that was just handled really, really badly. And then is this the part where he says, you know, those caught cutting weight will be cut from the t- is that what he line was? No, he, making. Yeah, yeah. He he makes that Armstrong. So Armstrong. On top of being the coach for basketball, on top of being sometimes a gym teacher and sometimes being a math teacher, is also the coach and ref for <laughs> wrestling. Um, and that is a threat that he makes very clear in a later part. But the reason why Toby has such this anxiety relating to weight and the concept of making weight is that when he finds out what weight class he's in, he is in Sean's weight class and is now now has to, like, wrestle against Sean. Because and the problem is Sean has muscles and Toby does not. Yeah, yeah. And and Armstrong's like the way that he makes it sound like is basically there's like one person per weight class allowed, but like Yeah. That's true if you're again, if it's varsity. Uh but but it, it again implies that there's no J V squad. Well who uh, are they gonna have coach the J V squad? Arm- Armstrong again. I don't know anyone. <laughs> Um, Armstrong's just using a time turner. Right. The, the gaff, the gaff guy, the one who's um, the one who's doing the sound effects. You know, <laughs> somebody on the crew, a PA. <laughs> but like, the point is, it's like this school is really well funded. It looks, it looks like a nice school. That's a, you know, I would have loved to have gone to Degrassi. And you now they don't have the money to get a JV team. Do they have JV for other sports? It's a point of continuity that I'm not aware of uh, because it will come back to me in the much more episode. Honestly, we haven't had that many, like, the only extent we've really had of athletics was, like, at a middle school level, and it was about, like, basketball. We've seen basketball, soccer, and wrestling, and in the intro, there is hockey. Yeah, yeah, like, but it's not really well established. It's it's kind of murky, like, what, what the expectations are, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's just not actual investment of how sports are laid out in high school, but just like, oh, we want drama. So Toby's drama is he doesn't want to get his ass beat by Sean because when he does go up against Sean, he gets his ass beat pretty decisively. Right. When does he go against Sean? 
they have to go up against each other like at first remember because he oh. weighs because there's the boy before him who weighs himself and he's like in a small lower weight class then oh, toby right, weighs right, right. himself and he finds out he's in the other weight class and that's where he finds out that sean is his competition in that weight class right so so what they ends up happening is he gets his ass beat um then we go to snake's class and snake what the fuck kind of teaching is he's like yeah it's free research time go nuts children <laughs> well, I see nothing wrong with us. I'm not a teacher. Though, Gwyn, so Gwyn is mouthing to me, "Snake is a bad teacher," and I agree. <laughs> By the way, as as we revealed last week or two weeks ago at this point, Gwyn is pretty much always here when we're recording. But now Gwyn is remotely invested in the characters, so now Gwyn has hot takes that we just kind of watch from the corner. Um. But, but yeah, so, so Snake's like, yeah, just research for free, free time, it's fine, like, yeah, like, that's always been a good idea with middle school, with, uh, middle schoolers. Let me, let me just check the class rule book, oh wait, it just says Calvin Ball rules, <laughs> anything goes. But yeah, so, like, Toby is feeling really, like, he's, like, you know, kind of adjusting his shoulders and everything, he's clearly still sore from when he went up against Sean, um... And, like, you know, they kind of, like, JT pulls up, like, a pro wrestler website and he's like, ha-ha, look at that, Toby. And Toby's like, that could be me in a couple years. <laughs> uh, oh, sorry, keep going. Um, I was trying to think of, some, I, for some reason, again, it's coming back out of order, I got another line, but I know this one doesn't come into later, so keep going. Yeah, sure. So, um... With pleasure. Uh, yeah, so Toby is, like, looking up stuff about, like, weight loss and, like, w in the context of wrestling. Um, and Snake spots it and is like, oh, you know, like, that's a really, like, big issue with that sport and everything. You know, that could be a really good research topic and report to kind of do about. But really, it's just Toby trying to figure out how he can get out of the weight class from Sean and be able to make the team. <laughs> He's like, I'm really sick of, like, getting brought to the mat by the anger in this young boy. Because <laughs> there's a lot of anger in Sean. There, There is. You know, and it's weird because he seems, like, happy to be on the wrestling team. Where he, when he was in basketball, like, he wanted to evaporate from existence. But, like, he seems to enjoy being a wrestler. Yeah. Which is nice. So he can work out, so he can work out the aggression. Yeah, yeah, which, like, maybe that's the, maybe that was just the thing. It was, it's the better sport fit for his emotional capacity. And he does say to Toby, and I, I don't think he says this unkindly, like, are you lost when Toby walks in the gym? Yeah. Yeah, he does. Um, but I don't, like, like you said, I don't think that's necessarily unkind. I just, you know, if you're not prepared and you don't know how this sport works, it's a pretty intense thing to just jump into. And they're also not wearing headgear. Which I'm not. Hiram. Hiram. Um, yeah, I could I could chime in a little bit here. Headgear isn't necessary for just like practices, but then again, they don't show any practices. Which I, I guess you, because you really couldn't, because it doesn't seem like Toby has any friends on the team, does he? Mm, no. no, his friend is no, JT. So period. No way you could really fit that in. Um, it's uh, generally recommended that you don't wear headgear like all the time if you're just practicing things because if you do, that's how you get stuff like um, uh, that kind of cauliflower ear after mm. a while if you wear that too much. So during drills, you're fine. During meets, yes, everybody has to wear headgear. Uh, but drills, no. 
so during the practice, they're fine. I should also add that they wear, uh, oh God, did they wear the singlets during the practice? Uh, Seems like Sean it, yes. did, yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, nobody does that. You just, that's also not something you do. I, I, also, I think uh, those are only for the meetings. I think Sean was trying to show off his beefiness. Yeah, I think that was just an intimidation tactic to anyone else. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> Why are uh, you single? Why, why are you single, Sean? <laughs> you look like an athlete. <laughs> <laughs> but um. Sorry, Hiram. That's a callback to a different episode. <laughs> it is. Um. So. So. No yeah. So like this eventually leads to them having like a workout montage. And, like, it's, like, the classic, like, Toby tries really, really hard. JT sits there eating a donut. Well, I did find this vaguely enduring, probably because they weren't talking. <laughs> like, because there's, like, Toby's doing uh, pull-ups, and then, like, the camera pans down, and JT is, like, holding him by his legs and lifting him up. Yeah, yeah, it's true. <laughs> and then, like, they get to a point where, um... I forget what Toby says, but he says something like, oh, this is super hard work. And JT's like, oh, negative attitude. That's another 10 crunches. Yeah, like, oh, they, yeah. Losing, losing, losing attitude penalty or something like that. Yeah. I think that's it. He's a- oh, this is near, this is near the line that I thought was thinking of. So, uh, there's a wonderful line about laxatives, uh, that shows up here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why. All, all JT's really bad lines are coming to me. Um, so, Toby gets really distressed because he weighs himself and then he comes to the conclusion that he's only lost one pound. Which, by the way, do Canadians use pounds as measurement? Because suddenly he was saying pounds and I don't know if, like, pounds and kilos are interchangeable in Canadian lexicon. Well, I'm assuming, like, the, I'm assuming, like, the rest of the world, you know, they use... The metric system, like sensible people. Yeah, I thought they used stone, like in England. Like I was actually genuinely surprised when I watched it again with uh, Donnie and Wynn. Then when I watched it again this time, um, because I was like, oh yeah, Canada used to be British, so they use stone, right? Yeah, <laughs> six stone, five stone. That's like a weight of measurement or something weird like that. I don't know. Well, like um, a stone is six pounds, six or seven pounds, I think. Like a league is seven miles. Gwyn, our, our uh, Googler, has sent us something. It says, for example, although the government records vital statistics using metric measurements, Canadians generally measure their weight and loss of weight in pounds and their height in feet and inches. Huh. Cooking is another example where Canadians will use imperial over metric. This is according to TripAdvisor. So your mileage may vary, but I don't know. That, that, that sounds somewhat realistic to me. Thank you, you know, frankly, I always just thought, like, to be honest, I thought it was, like, you know, two and a half poutines and a third of maple <laughs> syrup. Is nice. Like, that, that's about Toby's weight, eye measurement. We're never going to have a Canadian come onto the show ever with our <laughs> mentality. Why? I, I love both of those things. Maybe even together, that would probably actually be good. Yeah, that would probably work. Um, so after that, they go to the corner store, like a corner store... Um, and Toby is scoping out laxatives while JT talks about how, like, oh, I ate those on accident. They were really tasty. How do you eat them by accident? Like, do they look... Well, they have chocolate... They have have, have ones that are chocolate bars. Um, and if taken out of the cardboard package, 
it would just look like it almost looks like a pack of like trident uh whitening gum if you've ever seen that like it has like yeah. a mm. foil back and you just kind of pop one out um but it, does, it i mean it would look like the weirdest candy but it's like clearly identifiable as chocolate so you know you have somebody who leaves that out outside of the box you're not going to know it's laxatives it's okay. going to be a mystery chocolate uh, a smarter person would put it in their mouth but you know here we are yeah jt and, is not that yeah um, and of course, as Toby is looking at it, he's just like, oh, I, I'm just getting a protein bar, whatever. And then when JT leaves, Toby then buys them. And then the next scene we see, we see him eating them. And then... Wait, is this before or after the scene with Ashley in the kitchen? Uh, this is at, before the scene with Ashley in the kitchen. Okay. Um, so the next time Toby comes in, he's weighing himself, and this is where Armstrong is really particular and gives him the warning because he notices that his weight is down, and he's like, "Look, if you're caught cutting weight, um, you're going to get you're like you'll be cut." Which makes no sense, um, because the weight class stuff is pretty strict, and you know, like it's such a vague, weird law that would never ever views like you have to make weight uh you do especially if you're in one of the earlier weight classes like me i was lucky um well lucky and unlucky my weight i was a heavyweight and the window in our weight class was roughly 30 pounds now i was at the light end of heavyweight so that meant that i often got destroyed by people who are at the heavier end of that um but for other people you know you have like a wiggle room of five to ten pounds i don't know if that is in kilos point is you know it would not be uncommon to head down to practice and like half hour beforehand you would have you know the guys just running laps uh doing suicide sprints um which i don't know if there's like a nicer term for that i don't love that phrase i think Here they're called gassers gassers I gassers is what they're called you like touch line run back touch line farther away run back touch line farther away run back and then do it the opposite way they're the and worst yeah yeah uh, we, we would have to do those as a team uh, if something happened that uh, required a PT drill uh, or a PTA, uh, which was short for pain, torture, and agony, um, which our wrestling coach, as a side note, and our, I actually really liked my coaches. Like, that might sound really grim, um, but it was kind of done in a tongue-in-cheek way. My wrestling coach is a really big, oh, and this is a Canadian reference here, was a huge Shania Twain fan. Uh, and would just blast Shania Twain during PTA drills. <laughs> Cer- certainly didn't. Certainly didn't help a young, uh, sexually confused me. Uh, but uh, you know, that's a that's another story. And I should add that you don't see any of the conditioning they do no. in this. Like, and that's like it's like that's at the heart of wrestling. Like the, the terrible drills that we have to do. And yeah. His form is awful, too. He didn't do any, you know, research. Yeah. Anyway, uh, did he beat the... Did, did we go over him beating the person yet? No, we're, we're about to. Um, but, yeah, so, like, the kid that weighed initially, who weighed in a lower weight class than Toby, like, now Toby's in that weight class, so he then has to wrestle that other kid. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So, All right, if you want to imagine how well I wrestled, uh, I was what that other kid was. Just, like, 
seizing and getting dropped and losing in a heartbeat. That, <laughs> oh. was, that was me. All the, I, was, I was very, very bad at wrestling. <laughs> I was good during practice, but the second anything like, oh, this is competitive, like that part like flew right out of my brain somehow. But I lettered. Oh, nice. Good I job. I never got a jacket. I regret that. Yeah. De facto. The other uh, kids uh, were they couldn't hold their grades up high enough to be varsity. Uh, so <laughs> I sucked, but I got better grades. And I lettered. Hell yeah. There we go. I love it. Well, I mean, there's that one, uh, isn't there that one professional wrestler whose, like, whole thing is just, like, lie, cheat, and steal to win? That's what you gotta do. That was, that was my favorite wrestler of all time. And actually, I believe, uh, have, have Gwyn the Googler, uh, Google it, but I want to say that today is either his birthday or the anniversary of his passing, and that is Eddie Guerrero, who many consider to be one of the greatest wrestlers, top five of all time, and my personal favorite. And that was Light Heat and Steel. Yep, that was him. Latino Heat was his other name, which is like one of the best names you could ever have in wrestling. Because I, I also remember um, somebody was talking about like comic book Ultron. They're like, you, you gotta be Eddie Guerrero when you're fighting Ultron. You gotta just lie, cheat, and steal to win. <laughs> oh, it is his birthday today. Happy there birthday! We go. Yeah. At the time I, I of recording. Was, yep, I told you he was my favorite. Wow. I have, like, a DVD and all this stuff. Like, I, I fucking love Eddie. Actually, uh, you ever want to watch me cry at his first world championship win? Like, because he choked up every freaking time. Aww. Especially because he was really small, so he had to get to where he got my charisma. Because the coach of that company, you know, dislikes anybody of smaller than six feet tall. So the fact that he got that far was, like, a huge deal. Uh, I think we're gonna have to go out on his op- on his theme. <laughs> money, yeah, money, 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 money. Uh, oh no, nothing. No, don't. I don't want to say. This. I don't want to think about him. He's a bad man. Wait, that wasn't. I thought that. I thought that was Eddie Guerrero's theme. No, no. Uh, Eddie Guerrero's theme was him like saying, "I lie, cheat, and steal uh, over a beat." Okay. Uh, Sorry. Yeah, the m- money, money. That might have been Ted DiBiase, and then uh, Shane McMahon would have a similar money, money one, and then they would have the No Chance in Hell theme later on. <sighs> I don't know too much about wrestling. <laughs> anyway. I just so, know yeah, I want to write for so, wrestling. Yeah, I do too. So, oh, fun side note, I remember the name of the uh, tag team that Skinner was part of before he was known as Skinner. It was the Fabulous Ones. I want to be in that. Not. I want to be the fabulous uh, ones. Look up one of their vi- like one of their promotional videos, please, Donnie. You won't be disappointed, Frank. You won't be disappointed. It's some of the best stuff you'll ever see, and it's way yeah. better than Skinner as a character. Um, maybe even better than anything on Degrassi. I know it's bold, but <laughs> you gotta trust me. The uh, fabulous ones. <laughs> But, um, I mean, we've seen some shit so far, so we have. But, um, to go back to this whole entire thing, because Toby has pinned this kid, Armstrong declares that he is a part of the team. Um, he is a windbreaker, yeah, he's like super psyched because he's a jock now. And Ashley, who is now like feeling some sort of goth esque aesthetic, is like, is it really that big of a deal? 
And he's like, you vampire! Yeah. Uh, I thought that was, like, the most Canadian thing, like, ever. Like, they don't have varsity jackets. They have windbreakers. Like, uh, I, I cackled at that. Like, each, each time I saw it. That was so good. I don't know why I thought that was so funny, but... I love a good windbreaker. Oh, I'm not knocking a windbreaker, but a windbreaker in of a varsity jacket is, like, such a such a special touch. That's it's, true. It's good world building. It's like, <laughs> if you forgot this was in Canada, now you remember it's in Canada. <laughs> um, so, this eventually leads to, um, so, like, Ashley has kind of been a presence in this, and she continues to be a presence because when they are, like, in, it's, like, the morning, and when they're, like, getting ready for the morning, Ashley's like, oh, hey, you got some muffins in, like, the cabinet. You should eat them. And Toby's like, nah, I'm fine. I'm good. And she just straight up is like, Toby, like, you're missing meals. What the fuck? Yeah, doesn't she say, like, you used to be, this isn't the exact word, but it's something approximate to a garboder. Like, yeah, yeah. She says like something to that. My favorite Pokemon. Um, <laughs> Trubbish? But, are you thinking of? That, well, no, Garboder is the evolved form of Trubbish. Right, 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 right. Trubbish <laughs> is a trash bag. Garboder is a pile of trash. See, I uh, love Trubbish, so I hyper-focus on Trubbish. But that doesn't uh, surprise up, anybody who knows me. <laughs> They're both good. I love them both. Um, but And that's before the extra Sheila sauce line, right? Yeah, this is in the morning. Yeah, and, like, Toby also, like, because he has this windbreaker, he feels the need to, like, make girls very uncomfortable. So, like, for example, he, like, he, like, harasses Nadia, who we haven't really met before, although I think she's the one who did the wolf project. Yes. Yeah, so she was the one who, back in the science fair episode, won the seventh grade project about wolves, and she um, is also has a camera for your book, so he's like, hey, hey, like take a picture of me, and then proceeds to like talk to Kendra in a way that she clearly does not like, which is like, hey, like take a like you know like take a pic of like you fawning over me and everything, and Kendra's like, um, no, because we must remember that she is a Mason and like. Her big brother is Spinner, and she has learned to like not tolerate this BS. <laughs> She's like, look, Toby, one Wait, more. She's, she's a what? She, <laughs> she's her. Oh, her sorry, last, Hira. Her, her last name is Mason. She's not part of the secret order of Masons. I I am so immediately my brain goes in one direction. Um, I understand. Oh, does, Frank, does, does Frank know that? I don't know, Frank. Do you know Hiram's professional career? I don't know. Uh, I mean, don't, don't talk, I won't even say professional. Just as a membership, I'm actually a member of that group. That's where my name comes from. That's true. Right now. Yeah. That's my code name. Like, if you were wondering what Hiram was, I didn't pull it out of the air. It's not a nice sounding name. Uh, it's on Archie reference. Um, which, by the way, if you're wondering, that's Veronica's dad, Hiram P. Lodge. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Did you, did you watch oh, Riverdale? Yes, no, I actually read the part of comic books. <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't seen it. I but I I love uh, Betty and Veronica, so I have a bunch of like omnibuses of that. I don't watch TV. This is like this is me coming back to television after years of like <laughs> avoiding it as much as I could. So what a, what a better way to get introduced to the medium or reintroduced to it than 
I mean, Hiram, I'm just throwing this out there. Besides your name being Hiram, I don't think I know that much about you. Did we meet at some point? Yes, you did. I'm going to trust Ami. Y'all were at Anime Next together. You sat with each other when you listened to my panel. Oh, I am super bad with faces and names. Yeah. It's okay, so so am I. I was the biggest person in the room. Maybe that will help. Nope. I'm not going to give, like, a explicit description of somebody who does not even want to go by their name on the podcast, so we'll talk about that off-air. Um, Thank you, Donnie. <laughs> no problem. I'm trying to look out for you. But, um, so basically, yeah, but, um, not a problem. But, yeah, so, like, he's, like, an asshole. JT, this is bad when JT calls you out. <laughs> That's when you know you're on the, you're in the dark areas of the life of life and his argument is it's how wrestlers talk and i'm like is it <laughs> is it <laughs> i mean if you want to be cool yeah i was like very friendly with the wrestling captain from my grade it, the, and he was like the chillest dude i've ever met this is the thing like i went to a school where most of the uh most of the jocks quote unquote were just n- really nice like, people for the most part. So, like, whenever I see a show where, like, the jocks are jerks, it's really hard for me to reconcile in my head. Like, I'm just... Uh, our other jocks were jerks, but again, I think the wrestlers were... They were, they were surprisingly a nice crew. Like, yeah. I, 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 liked, I liked everything about being part of the team with the exception of the actual athletic part. Yeah. Um, but but the, the football players were terrible. Or in my town. Like, I, I, I hated them then, and I would probably hate them now if I met them again. They were not fun. So, I, I, can, I can see both sides of that, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we didn't... We Small school, we didn't even have a football team, so I think that's why we were spared the, like, the pretentiousness of football. We were just a small school, so a lot of our jocks were, like, also, like, musicians and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. So, like, there was a lot of common ground, I feel like. Meanwhile, like, in a bigger school... I feel like it's easier for those groups to separate. So there, there was, there were two or three members of the cross country team who just sang like angels. Yeah, yeah, no, that, <laughs> but that's like what it's like, like, like the mascot at the school I was telling you about. Like, she is really big in theater and really big in like poetry and stuff like that. Like, I think it's just when you're in smaller schools, you see a lot of kids double up on those, um, on those click type stuff well there was one year there was like one marking period where i tried to do theater track and work like Jesus Christ. on the weekends and like one saturday i just came home after working and doing track and the full day at the theater and i just like collapsed into i ate dinner collapsed into bed at seven and i woke like i woke up at seven i'm like oh i didn't get any sleep at all and i went downstairs my mom's like oh you're finally up i was like what do you mean I, I didn't sleep. I fell asleep and woke back up. She's like, it's Sunday. And oh, like, my God. I slept the whole day. <laughs> oh, like, my God. And that's when I was like, well, I can't stop working, so something else got to go, and it was track. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, but, yeah, so, like, it's, like, a lot of that. And then the next time we see Toby, he's in the cafeteria. He has, like, he's, like, kind of dizzy and spacing out. And, like, he has an apple on his tray. And Ashley's just, like, like, you're not eating enough. And I'm going to, like, just tell, like, I'm just going to tell on you to 
our parents. So, like... And I, I do like the camera work in this, and that the camera is constantly jostling around him. Like, whenever it's, like, on him, it's just constantly, like, twirling a little bit. But, like, well, do, get... I, do I remember kind of, like, it keeps in the frame the, the, the restroom in the back? Or am I making that up? Uh... I'm not, I don't I remember. I it does with its framing. I can't uh... confirm or deny. Okay, Sheila sauce, though. Extra Sheila sauce. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, like, Armstrong's also looming in the distance. Like, he's, like, kind of in the middle <laughs> distance. Um, and Toby decides to just kind of binge, for lack of better terms. Like, he orders, like, some ridiculous... A, a bacon cheeseburger, large fries with extra Sheila sauce. Yeah. Once again, this is, a, this, this is a, a very well-appointed cafeteria. Right. I don't know any cafeteria I ever went to that had fresh hamburgers. I know, right? Um, I, I would, we would have them, but they would be in, like, the little, like, tinfoil baggies. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. But, um... At least it wasn't made to order thing like that. Like, he didn't ask for it to be cooked a certain way, so it, it retains some, something realistic there. Yeah, exactly. So, like, he, he eats it like, emphatically in the general direction of Ashley, and then when he goes to the bathroom, um, he is forcing himself to vomit while JT walks in. And JT hears him vomiting, and is just like, Toby? And I was just like, okay, these boys have definitely puked in front of each other before. Oh, no, 100%. Puked in front of or on each other. Yes, yes. (laughs) (laughs) That does remind me of one of my favorite lines from my favorite parts of Daria. Where they're on their way to a concert and Daria like gets car sick and like she jumps out of the car to vomit and um or like she vomits on she vomits somewhere and she's like, Okay then I and she looks at Jane like they're not gonna make fun of me. And Jane's like, Daria, these boys puke on each other like once or twice a week and <laughs> one of them just turns to the other and goes like, By the way, man, you owe me a shirt <laughs> Oh my gosh. But um I believe that, 100%. Um, and Toby's just like, I need my privacy, blah, blah, blah. Um, he throws some major shade at Toby, uh, throws a major shade at JT, like, you're just the mascot, like, who fucking cares? Yeah, yeah, like, there's a... He's not wrong. <laughs> we know, Hiram, we know. <laughs> I really don't like JT. <laughs> I don't think we've had anybody, like, I've, I've talked to some veterans who have listened to our, our podcast and, like, have began to rewatch it because of the podcast. Not to toot my own horn, I'm just telling you what I heard. And it's really funny because yeah. it's, like, they, they said the same thing where they were, like, watching it. And they were, like, I don't... Why did I like JT? Like, surely there's a turnaround. I did when I was... Like, in rewatching it, I've been like, okay, I really identified with, I don't know why. Like, I mean, I identified with Marco, but I also identified with JT. Or not JT, uh, sorry, Emma. Uh, a lot. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know, I don't know why. I, I, I think Emma has a lot of relatability in the sense that she, okay. she's like, if you've ever cared about a cause of any kind, especially when you were in that age group, like, the way that she handles these situations is very, very, very yeah. similar. So, like, I think, like, 
though. Yeah, I think that Emma's Emma's relatable in that sense, and and um, I mean Marco, like we we have not really touched upon it. We haven't really gotten to the the content that yeah, Marco, yeah. but like basically no, we could have a whole panel of people. A car while Skinner farted. So like <laughs> at least that's all I know in terms of where you are in this whole thing. Like, yeah. <laughs> what did you just do, Frank? <laughs> I didn't realize not hitting the circle on the rap air horn thing would set it off because I was gonna say not to do my own hair, not to do my own horn, but. Uh, Sorry, Hiram. I thought that was just your cue for talking about car farts. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so I, I had I had so much material planned for that episode. Uh, it'll never never see the light of day. It's okay. So I gotta talk about this serious episode. So, yeah, what's funny is, like, we've seen so much shit, I don't even consider this a fully serious episode. Yeah, I know. We're like, yeah, but, okay. <laughs> After the last... It should be, it should be more serious. Well, the, the, the issue... I think it's, like, allowed to be. The issue is that it came right after Shout. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it wasn't like, a well-timed episode in that sense where... Like, where the big thing happened was a two-part episode in which Paige is raped and then has to deal with the emotional fallout and has this, like, really beautiful, powerful moment where she confronts her, her, uh, like, you know, confronts her abuser on stage. Like, that's... Yeah. That's so much. I mean, it's so good I'm still in terms of its execution. I'm still recovering from that episode. Yeah, so, like, then <laughs> then when it goes... Thank you, Quinn, for, like, making your gesture. Um, but, like, when you then go to this scene, which, which this whole episode... So, like, to kind of embody how this is supposed to be a quote-unquote serious episode is, like, JT leaves, and when JT leaves, Ashley and him have a conversation, which, by the way, he's like... He says something along the lines of, oh, Ashley, I was wondering when you would tune into my love vibe. Which, like, God. God. Hey, JT, you know what really brings people in? Allowing them to just kind of be there with you. Not, like, just coming up with lines that keep them at a distance. But maybe them letting them see the real you. Is that the real you? Because if it is, you should change because you're terrible. Yeah, I mean, you you try to get Toby to change. Maybe you should. Yeah. Maybe maybe the mirror in the bathroom needs to be aimed at you. Maybe sincerity is something you should... I don't even think it's good. He's concerned. Like, maybe it's just bad acting. God knows that could have been it easily. But, like, his, his concern over JT... Always, or not JT, over Toby always kind of seemed a little half-assed. Yeah, and I feel like it's really embodied in this, because it's like, I don't think the conversation ideas are bad, because it's like Ashley being like, I think Toby has an eating disorder. JT arguing that it's for girls, like, look, like, a lot of people have that mentality well into adulthood. I really don't dislike that, but there is this weird, lackadaisical way that JT has gone through this whole episode where I couldn't tell how much of it, it... I feel like it was just not... Well, obviously, acting could have been a factor. I think that if he said some of these things a different way, it could have had more impact. But also, I'm not going to necessarily fault a kid on that one. I am going to question the direction in that aspect. Because the, the problem with JT is we've never seen him be serious about anything. No. Like, Sean... Like, Sean, we've seen him be a little bit goofy here and there. We've seen him be sincere. We saw him be serious. We saw him, like, stand up for what's right. And we've seen Toby go through that, too. Yeah. Like, Toby in his, Toby in his first run, 
helps save Emma from a pedophile. And the second time around, he's dealing with being caught in the middle of his divorced parents and their hate and their resentment toward each other. JT has had, like, not a whole... Like, JT's biggest trouble was going on a date with Paige. Still didn't deserve that. Like, (laughs) no, no, I mean, like, he didn't deserve any... Deserve that kiss on the cheek from Paige. True. Like, um, and, like, that's it. And he still got kind of rewarded at the end for it, despite still being, like, a D-bag. Yeah, and it's just, like, the whole exchange is really hard. And, like, I think that's the thing. It's, like, there are weird little... I think JT, in many ways, unfortunately, like, takes the gravity of this situation and puts it in a really weird spot. Because I do think that this is a serious issue. I distinctly remember... So, like... A little little background, my relationship with wrestling. Like, I have an OC since high school who's a wrestler. And to get research on that character, I decided to actually interview the captain of my wrestling team. Um, and he was super great, and he answered a lot of questions. And he did touch upon that pressure in terms of having to, condi- having to do conditioning and having to maintain a certain weight class and things like that. And how that was something that did impact how he acted especially during wrestling season and how like it 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 changed his like how he went about his day basically and how that is something that's going to impact you and so I think the idea of saying let's talk about eating disorders let's talk about disordered eating within the context of wrestling is actually a very important idea but I feel as though, unfortunately, they wrote themselves into this weird hole of sorts, which is just that JT and Toby just, it's so hard to get real sincerity out of them. And simultaneously, in the case of this episode, that it's very hard to, like, get behind a lot of the serious aspect. Or really, not really get behind them, but, like, believe them. Like, I would have... Well, I think... I think- was more uh was less i think i really do think the eating disorder with that came secondary because the moral of it is acceptance of how to be cool and like yeah you know, that's just the consequence of him trying to change his personality to be what he believes others will view as cool or take him seriously but you know they were like oh they're like oh what could the consequence be for that and i bet you in the writer's room they went through a bunch of stuff like oh, oh i'm sure Maybe he gets. Maybe he breaks his hand and he can't do the computer club, which probably would have been better. And you could have made I agree. a lighter episode. Um, but but it's like that was a secondary thing, and, and then yeah. they probably patted themselves on the back because they're like, <laughs> yeah, this yeah, is, this is cool. And, and I'm sorry, that's me cynically viewing all you know TV writers as like sniveling worms. We uh, we kind of characterize them like this on the show, honestly. Yeah, we very rarely give them like the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> Yeah, so you're so, right in well, there, line there with what we do. There is a more cynical, creative uh, approach than television writing, with the exception of Star Trek, which is perfect, and I will not have it uh, condoned, or condemned, rather. Um, but what? yeah, I do think it came secondary. The moral of it is more, be true to yourself, that is, <laughs> please don't succumb to pressures, uh, which nobody puts on him, and again, that's the other thing that I thought was really dumb, that like, it's like, how old is he, how old are they? Um, he uh, is an eighth grader. Toby is an eighth grader. JT is an eighth grader. Actually, middle school, right? Yeah, yeah. And then Sean's oh, also. Okay. Yeah, this is all middle school. All right. Yeah, that even further backs up the stuff. It's like these are the most irresponsible coaches in the world, or the laziest writing, because they would never ever allow. You know, 
especially middle school wrestling, where the stakes are way lower and they want everybody to be so included. Like, ugh, like they would not have locked on the same degree of pressure. High school wrestling, yes, absolutely. Um, they would have been more careful about making sure that you don't hurt yourself. But like middle school, so yeah, I don't know. I view it as a means to an end. Again, I know it's pretty cynical, but I really do think that they didn't actually think about it. Like that came after they wanted, you know, Toby believing in himself. Yeah, and I agree. And I think that also is like something to keep in mind is like, and and I'm sorry, Frank, this is margin somewhat spoilery. Like we have seen in later seasons, we've seen characters deal deal with self abuse in various ways, whether it's self harm, whether it's eating disorders, things like that. And something that I think that some of those storylines and why I remember them is because, like, they weren't just a one-and-done episode. A lot of those characters struggled with it, which is very realistic to struggling with it if you have gone through it. So, you okay, Hiram? Yeah, I'm fine. Why? I don't know. It just sounded really loud on your end. Yeah. <laughs> what are you hearing? It just oh. sounded... Uh, Eric was getting ice out of the fridge. That was probably what it was. Okay, that explains it. Um, hi, Eric. Eric says hi. Eric will be here next week, so. Oh, oh, Eric. Oh, that's right. Yeah, um, here. Yes, microwave. You're fine. Uh, I mean... I kind of figured that we'd hit that eventually. I don't think it's that big a spoiler. Yeah, but anyway, what I'm getting at is, like, a lot of those characters that have gone through it, it's something that was brought up again, and, like, the concept of relapse was on the table and things like that. Meanwhile, with here, like, much what, like, Hiram said, um, it is something that, um, it is something that we, sorry, Gwen's gesturing at me again and put me off my train of thought. They're being very PSA, cute. PSA versus character Yes, Gwyn, Gwyn just said a PSA versus character development, which I think is what it is. Like, this is more like a, oh, by the way, this is bad, don't do it. Meanwhile, like, when another character deals with similar types of things, it is, like, very specific character development, which can operate as a PSA, but also is is a part of the character that we must keep in mind while we, while we watch them in action. Yes. I'm interested to know if Saved by the Bell had a similar eating disorder episode because um, one of the, and I'll be damned if I remember any of their names, but the one who's on that stupid show about celebrities, and I don't care, but one of them is a wrestler throughout the entirety of Saved by the Bell. AC Slater. Uh, sure, yes, that one. I, I agree, I knew that. I knew that. I was testing you. Um, but, uh, <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, but, like, yeah, it, it now that you're, now that everybody's saying this, it reminds me of it had the same like emotional gravity of a very spe- a quote unquote very special episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where they bring down the tone, but they don't, but it still doesn't have the same weight. Like there are so many Fresh Prince episodes like that too, where yeah. it's like suddenly don't do drugs or anything. Yeah, and and it's it's I get it, and like I understand that like, sometimes. That's, that's probably the best that the writers are going to, like, spare on the topic. Which is disappointing because in this season alone, we have seen two two-part episodes which have actually handled, like, really heavy topics like rape and abuse in a way that was, yeah, probably a bit of a PSA element to it, a very special episode element to it, but still were executed very well and were very good stories that were very compelling and now we are even more attached to those characters through it. And I, 
I think it's going to be coming back around. Like, I mean, I don't think those stories have finished. Like, I feel like this story is done. Yeah, yeah. Because what ends yeah. up, yeah, and like, because like the story continues with Toby. He's like a mess in Snake's class. Like, Snake asks if he wants to go to the nurse. He refuses to. Um, it's like I I was very sick a few weeks ago, and like I was hacking, coughing in work, and like my boss was just like, "Hey," because I was like, "Can I leave like an hour early to go to the doctor?" And I just kept coughing and coughing, and my boss was like do you want to just go now? Because <laughs> you sound terrible. And I was just like, wow, I must be really sick if, like, I'm getting sent home from work. And just, like, I feel like it's the same like when I was in school where the, the teacher would never just send me to the nurse unless, like, blood was on the table. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it gets pretty bad. school sicknesses, I got really good at figuring out how to fake a high temperature to get out of doing a mile run. <laughs> If you, if you hold your breath long enough and push it up to like you know 100 or 99 or something high like that. Thanks for the tips. I'm gonna edit that out because yeah, I'm yeah, just in case you have to run the mile. <laughs> what if there's children who listen to this? I, well, Frank already swore, so I assume it works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm I'm passing the. This is this is your fault. <laughs> Look, I'm pretty sure they swear on that Victorious show or whatever. Oh, the one about feet? What? <laughs> oh my god, no, we're not going down this path. That is dark. Okay, that right. is too dark for I'm, this. I'm pretty sure Victoria Justice got at least three F-bombs every, every episode. <laughs> okay, uh... <laughs> that was the best laugh. <laughs> but, um... So, so Toby is, like, losing losing it. He is losing it. Um, it's right before the match. He's in his, like, little, little, what do they call them? Singlet. Singlet. Singlets. Yeah, singlet. And JT confronts him and tries to call him out on how he's, on, like, he, on how he has, like, fallen apart. Um, and begs him not to wrestle. Which is so stupid. Don't do that before. Wait till the match is done. Like... I'm sorry. Keep going. It's okay. Um, he, like, begs him not to wrestle. Toby's like, I must wrestle. Um, Everybody's waiting for me out there. Yeah, right. Like, And really? JT's like, really? <laughs> <laughs> it's such just, like, a mangled viewpoint on, like, what wrestlers are perceived as at literally anywhere. Yeah. Or even, like, J just JT's view of how... Yeah, he has an overinflated view of how people view... Uh, sports or jocks. You mean Toby? Toby, yeah, sure. That's what I meant. I was testing you that time. Anyways, keep going. Um, but yeah, so, so, Toby tries to go up. He's clearly, like, all over the place. Um, Armstrong is the ref. <laughs> is this literally because they have nobody? Like... Adult actors are, are like, expensive. Uh, apparently, because he's also the ref. Anyway... And he's just like, here, Toby, here's your wrestling crowbar. He's like, uh, do I get a crowbar? No other child from other school. <laughs> yeah, it's just like... Is this part of the rules? There's nothing in the rules that says you can't have a crowbar. It's just like, yeah. Uh, well, that's, that's... <laughs> hey, you know what? I was, I was really upset that they didn't... Um... 
the, that the ref didn't touch their faces beforehand. Now, well, I'm going to go into what that means, but there would be this really annoying thing that happened before a match where the ref or the members would line up or the, uh, the I don't know, athletes or whatever. And uh, right after your weight in, which did they do that before the match? I don't remember. Was there, was there a weigh in there um, th- in the episode? I want to say yes. Before the match. Okay. Well, when they do the weigh ins, right afterwards, your face is the, they put two flat palms on your cheeks, and that's to make sure that you don't have any stubble uh, because it could really scratch and irritate the other wrestler. And really? You, do, um, you are forced to do a dry shave right there, which is how I got Amputego. Um, what? By doing a really cool. Oh, no, but Amputego is my blessing. Um, no, I'm just trying to team. process this, like, shaving. Yeah, you decide to, well, I mean, I guess you sit there and take your, your time and do, like, a nice, like, shave, exploit your skin, blah, 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 but nobody freaking did that. Uh, instead, it was just like, oh, okay, I'm going to take a razor to my face real quick and make sure it's smooth. Cuts be damned. Um, and, yeah, that was uh, that was something that I was, I was upset that they didn't have that. Like I guess I guess that's the crux of this episode, though. It was me kind of expecting to be more nostalgic about wrestling than I actually was because they ignored everything that's interesting in wrestling. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree. For for me, anyway. Well, and you know, wrestling really would have been better to do for a very special gay episode. Uh, maybe I'm a little biased on that, but I feel like it would have been. But you know, I don't remember any of the wrestlers having any kind of eating disorder. Uh, on my team. Not that it doesn't happen. I'm not discrediting that it does, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, can I just say something too? I, I just kind of had it dawned on me that like they really bit off more than they could chew by having like two episodes about eating or two plots about eating uh, in one episode or uh, weight. Sorry, not eating. Uh, weight issues and body issues. Like I feel like that's a little heavy-handed, even for that. Yeah, I agree. But anyway, that might be why it feels like unfocused or why, you know, I feel like each one of those should have been their own A-plot with a kind of more tongue-in-cheek, but, you know, they they put the two hitters in one go, no pun intended. I, I mean... Let me get that. I mean, honestly, I felt like the B-plot was both very consequential and very non-consequential. Like, I thought the B-plot was done so much better than the A-plot. I agree. But if... if they, I agree. They've done this before, where they've coupled, like, two plots together. Um, I forget what the one I called was, like, the toxic masculinity plot line. Well, isn't that, like, Craig's abusive father and then yes. JT, like, trying to connive his way into a date? Oh, um, Shout was... The first Shout episode was like that. Yeah, that's true, too. Where, like, they talked about, like, you know, the violation of Paige's boundaries, but then also the violation of boundaries to a lesser extent with, once again, JT and Toby. Yeah, with their locker. So, I, I feel like, show, like, you know, I felt like this was good, because, like, both sides of the coin, like, boys and girls, like, can go through this. Yeah. So, uh, just to finish up the Toby plot, Toby starts wrestling, um, he passes out. Uh, during the during the match, um, he wakes up at home, and JT comes over, and JT is showing that yo we're still friends. I'm just gonna act like nothing's 
nothing's happened like between us um which i did kind of appreciate i i was like okay well this is as close to intimacy as these two are gonna get yeah um and he's just like yeah everybody was asking if you were okay like kendra was asking if you were okay even sean asked if you were okay (laughs) yeah sean's good boy nature still trying to shine through still not gonna get off the water um yeah, I just wish we could have actually seen this, if only because maybe I would feel something positive toward JT. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're like, oh, by the way, everyone was worried. Um, hey, finger snaps. Yeah. Uh, uh, by the way, bless you, was that a sneeze? No, no, no. I, I was agreeing with Donnie on that. Like, oh. it would have helped to have actually seen this a little bit. Um, but, you know, show don't tell. Yeah, and like oh, also, also. Also, as an update, I'm getting Degrassi out of the corner of my eye. Eric is currently watching the other episode. Well, <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to not look at it. I'm so glad. I also hope that like people who don't know us keep listening to these episodes and realize that all of the guests are connected in some way, shape, or form. <laughs> We're still waiting for the final. Like we have Gwyn and Kirsten have appeared, and there's one more sibling of that crew that we're we're trying to get on. So then we have like the full set of those siblings from that family. I, I, I'm 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 not going to lie. I have a um, we haven't recorded at my house for some time, so Donnie hasn't seen the cork board with the pictures on it and the red string attaching them and i'm just like go there and just like one more clue and i'll have it all figured out <laughs> i know because frank frank's just here for the ride frank the, like my these guests are just like all of my my mutual friends and family and frank's just like oh hi everybody <laughs> i'm just here for the wonderful company <laughs> but um well, that's, that's good yeah so so we don't get to see that and like there is an aspect of this, I understand they were trying to be like, oh, this is a very special episode. <sighs> but, like, I do feel like if they sincerely wanted this to, like, it could have become maybe not a full two-part episode, but it could have became one of those ones where, like, they have this be an A plot and then maybe have it be a B plot at a different point in the season. Yeah. Or, like, a revisit to it. Like, it, it it's a shame because I feel like, actually, the idea of it has a lot of potential if they actually did it sincerely. Well, what would have been nice is if, like, Toby gets knocked off, like, Toby learns his lesson from this, and then the less, the rest of the, like, we, another B-plot is Toby getting into shape, but, like, in a healthy way. Like, he's eating properly, he's still exercising, and, you know, just, like, doing it the right way. I don't know. Right. Yeah. No, I, I think, I think that's fair, I mean... Or, or something which validates, like, that he doesn't need this sport or something for acceptance. Exactly. Like, which they don't, that, that feels like a dropped ball. It's like, it's like, oh, okay, you're just not cut for sports. <laughs> Back to being a loser, you jerk. Here's your asshole friend. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, by the way, I my, my theory is this. The only reason why JT shows any concern is because he's like, no one else will like me. This really yeah. likes me. Yeah. I'll let him keep thinking I care about him. I'm being really harsh on him, but, like, I really disliked him through the episode. Well, I think that speaks to, like, his weird affect throughout the episode, too. Like, it it feels like if... I don't don't really... I really should do better at, like, looking up who writes these episodes, etc., etc. But it feels like, like, we have seen their relationship be far more friendly by other writers. 
And with less serious situations, too. Like, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. James Hurst, Claire Ross, Claire Ross Dunn, and Brendan York. Okay. Um, yeah, Brendan York has definitely written a handful of episodes, but like, it's just like odd because I feel like there have been episodes featuring these two that actually were at the end of the day. It's like, oh, I don't like them, but they like each other. Well, like when they're just like vague side characters, like they went to the '80s dance with each other. Yeah. And like they seem to have a good time. Yeah, yeah. It it's just not a very strong. Like I just feel like there was a lot of potential with this type of episode. It just didn't quite reach it. Um, but let's move on to our B plot because we finally get some Terry content. Yeah. Um. So if, if nobody minds. I'm very happy about this B-plot. Good. So, Terry um, is buying a bunch of expensive new things, and Paige and Hazel are confused <laughs> as to why. As a GPS. Hey, that was a big I deal back then. I know, I know, but I, it was so quaint, and I loved it. Yeah, um, it's true. Just to, just to hear them gushing over this, like, you know, old phone. Um, but it even looked like a Blackberry. Uh, I would have to look back at it again, but... I found that really entertaining. I agree. Sorry. That's my note. It's a GPS. <laughs> so. And um, Hazel and Paige are just like, she's stealing. Yeah, yeah, they're just gonna jump. They're like, this is our friend. Also, we think she's shoplifting. <laughs> so, so there's that. And the thing is, is also Terry's being kind of like, weird when asked like she doesn't really she's not really helping her case in the way that she's answering these questions she's being secretive yeah and Paige cannot let a secret not include her oh no not at all um but yeah so um Spinner comes in and he's like hey like you guys gotta look at this and they all walk outside and they go to like a bus stop by the school and when they look they see Terry like just plastered across it in a like a fashion spread yeah um and she's for she's a model for a plus-size modeling campaign called extra girl yes (laughs) i miss that yeah yeah that's what they call it but like what's kind of it's like six r's yeah and like six r's no eyes yeah it's true and and but what's what's nice about it which I feel like actually tracks with many, with these characters within the context. I feel like, I feel like even though, like, Paige has not always done the best stuff to Terry, she hasn't attacked her weight like Ashley did in some other episodes, and, like, Paige is, like, super, like, like, you know, pretty psyched for her, and everybody is. Everyone's like, oh, wow, this is, like, pretty cool, and Terry's just really apprehensive because it's a plus-size campaign. That's... Yeah, well, then you have that jerk Muhammad. Yes. It's like, Muhammad, and I'm like, come on, just give it to somebody else. This is the first, like, Arabic character to show up on this Degrassi, and he's a jerk about weight, like, instantly. Yeah, like, right? Like, a weird thought. I don't know, I don't know if it was dumb of me to get, like, upset by that, but, like, uh, no, like, I think it... Because they, they made a point to say that character's name multiple times, as if they were a known entity in the show. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember Muhammad. No, I don't. Yeah, uh, no, I felt the same way, though. And guess what? 
That's his only appearance in the show. Our yep. first, oh, cool. our first Arabic character shows up, makes fat shame somebody, then leaves. Well, isn't that just yeah. the role of brown people in in your in your Canadian dramas? Apparently, it was just like yeah. So like he he like heckles her about it. And Paige is on the verge of saying that he has a tiny dick, and then Hazel, like, bonks her, and then she promises that she was going to say he has a tiny brain. She's like, at least you don't need a microscope to see his tiny, and, and he's like, Paige, like, I was gonna say brain. It was, it was pretty, like, obviously, like, you know, dick jokes are shitty, but it was kind of funny. I mean, look. No, that would have been, that would just, I felt like that would have been justified. Then maybe maybe I just have set a standard for it, but I felt like if they had like follow through follow through with your swing on that one, Muhammad deserved it. Um, maybe am I wrong? I mean, you're not wrong. No, no, he was he was he was a jerk. That was awful. Um, and then this, I'm realizing how little screen time this plot actually got as I like look at yeah. the stuff. Yeah, like I realize it's like it's like maybe three scenes. Yeah, yeah. So no, like, but like there's a lot. I feel like there's a lot packed into those scenes. I agree. I think they're well written like, for what they are. They the next day we cut to Paige and Hazel going through the like web page. Yeah. Where Terry is featured, and what I love is Paige at no point uses the word fat. Like, she's looking at a picture of Terry in, like, a skirt, and she's just lavishing praise on this picture. And she's just like... Although she does make a snide uh, remark of, yeah, like, if I said, was a plus. Yeah, I, would, I was about to say that, the same thing. Like, she does say that. I'm like, how mean is she trying to be here, or is that trying to be nice? Like, I remember... That, like, I think that's Paige being nice. Like, <laughs> but, I mean... But... I, I, I believe there is, um... I keep on saying tag. It's getting late. My brain's shutting down. Um, like I, I there's merit to what you guys are saying, but I do think Paige is just saying like that's a matter of fact. Like she's like I understand. I'm this size. So yeah, okay. But because my thing is like she, there's no jealousy in Paige in this episode. No, but All like she's not jealous of Terry. I think she's always been pretty. Minus that episode, which might as well mean nothing from the dance, seeing as though, like, it left no consequences on the story or their dynamic. Like, Paige has been one of Terry's more emphatic cheerleaders. I kind of want to just, like, erase like erase that from the canon. I know, right? I, I, like, I, it bears nothing on what has happened. I really feel like that whole episode... Donnie, wait. Donnie, was it the episode that I saw? Because I think we saw that one. Uh, the dance episode? The yeah, with the heart on? Too. Yeah. Yeah, cause uh, was that the drinky winky? Yeah, <laughs> the drinky winky. Okay. The one where they drink well, sherry. I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to spoil um, Frank, so I'm trying to like dance around it just in case. But yes, okay, it's it's established that that is the same episode. Then yes, I agree. That was like a really crummy page episode, but I I swear I remember liking her um, a lot. Oh no! And, don't worry. Like. I like we're, I like page. we're page fans around yeah. here. I think, this okay. is, I think this is both a strong episode for both Terry and Paige. Yeah. Paige, I think their relationship's actually really nice. I like their friendship a lot. Yeah, because, yeah. At least in this phase. Like, if we ignore that one episode, honestly, like, I've loved their friendship. Yeah. Um, 
So, like, Terry is having second thoughts because she didn't know it was going to be, like, national. And she wants to cancel the shoots and everything. And Paige is so pissed off on Terry's <laughs> behalf that she's doing this because it's, like, it's bringing you attention. Um, and, like, you know, yeah, okay, sometimes it's bad attention. But, like, you're making money and stuff. Like, why, why would you want to give this up? And then, then there is the absolute best scene. Between Terry and Spinner. The only het I care about. Where um, Spinner is just like, look, I don't understand why you're saying all this. I think you're very, like, does he say beautiful? Or he just says, like, she's, like, really pretty. Um, I think he might say beautiful. Yeah, I think he right. does. And, like, she's like, oh, like, you wouldn't want, like, a thin girl? And I appreciate... Spinner telling the truth here. Yeah, like, I like that Spinner says it because I think it's, like, a... It's actually a very fair... And I think a lot of people, if they, like, you know, properly confront their biases, would feel that way, where he's like, you know, sometimes, yeah, I am attracted to skinny people, and sometimes I'm attracted to fat people. And, like, that's 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 attraction. Like, he's very just, like... He's he's just very honest in the sense that he's like I'm attracted to different body types and like there's no like type that I am always attracted to, um, and he also brings up like is he the one that brings up the point that of like body size and like average? I don't, I'm not sure. I don't remember. Yeah. Or like how like a lot of girls look like her or something like that. I, oh, I think he does say that she's the, that her body type is. I, I think I know what you're saying. And yes, I do believe he does say something yeah. to that I, extent. Uh, something to that tune, yeah. I think he says, like, a lot of dudes like women that are curvy. Or something along those lines. Yeah, like, I mean, he says it in a... Honestly, he says it way more endearing than we say yeah. That we are saying it. He's such a good yeah, boy. Yeah, screwing it up. <laughs> yeah, but, like, it's really sweet, and he said something, like, he also says, like, anyone would be happy to have her, which is, like, really sweet as well, because it's, like, I mean, I've I've really wanted those two to get together. Of all the things that I had issue with with that one episode where, where with the dance, like, I thought their relationship was very sweet, and the fact that he was genuinely into her before this whole entire thing happened was really nice. So, it... You know, it was, like, a really nice moment where I was like, oh, yeah, I do like these two characters, and I would like to see them get together. That would be really cute. Yeah. Um, and then the next time, so the next time we see Terry, it's, like, the last scene we see Terry. This plot is super lightning quick. Um, is that she's, like, showing some of her test shots to Hazel and, and Paige, and Hazel and Paige are, like, super into how she looks and everything, which, once again, what I really like about this is, like, how Paige and Hazel are very supportive of Terry, but they're not just giving platitudes. They're just, like, you know, they're specifically saying, like, how the styling looks good on her, or how that dress is really flattering on her, and things like that. Um, and, of course, Muhammad is, like, working ice cream at the gas station? Like, what the hell was that set? He's got a, he's got a crummy hat. Gas station ice cream. That, that's a staple of Canada. I mean, uh, I just want to want to say an aside here, real quick. Um, mm -hmm. And and you could you could edit this, but like Eric is cackling over here at something in this upcoming episode. <laughs> oh baby, I can't wait. 
I, I'm trying to uh, remember I'm, what I'm it getting, is. I'm getting like, muted snickers from him. Hmm? Hmm? Trying to make sure it doesn't bleed in. So I'm just, I'm just letting you know that it seems to be an appreciated app, whatever it is. Good. I can't wait to hear his thoughts when we record. All right. You, you can edit that because I figured you'd appreciate it, Tony. I, I appreciate hearing it. Um, but yeah, so Muhammad is back and he is like saying like, I don't know, he says garbage and, um, and he tells her like she should join the sumo wrestling team and like really mean stuff like that. And she just snaps back that most girls look like her. Um, and also she makes bank. So like, fuck you. And... Yeah, which is which is totally justified. Exactly. Like, yeah, hell yeah, okay. And like it's she also does have a moment where she acknowledges that her body type like I don't I don't think she specifically calls herself fat, but she does say that she is not skinny. Which like in especially in terms of like early aughts body representation sometimes is as good as it's going to get when a character is like going to acknowledge themselves in a way, like, that is kind of dancing around it, but trying to say something that is fairly positive. Um, but it's really nice because, like, Hazel and Paige, like, also have her back during that as well. But Terry is the one actually speaking, which we've talked before about how Terry gets super screwed over sometimes. Um, but it's nice to see that she actually does have quite a bit of autonomy throughout this plot. It, like, yeah, and she's like, I made $500 today. How much you make slinging ice creams? Yeah, yeah, like, which, good for her. The only thing that would have completed this episode, she's, if Paige was just like, let's get out of here, Terry, before this ice cream stain burns to the ground. <laughs> you, like, really want Paige to commit arson. Look, there's nothing wrong, sir. There's nothing wrong I'm with... Sorry. I'm sorry, Frank, I gotta call you on that. This would have been the perfect opportunity for... The phrase "Let's blow this popsicle stand." Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's completely missed. Yeah, you're right. By, by the Degrassi writers and the podcast host. Yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta do the work for everybody. I appreciate it because <laughs> it's okay. Well, all I turn in my two weeks now, Donnie. Here's my gun and badge. <laughs> oh my god. No! <laughs> Frank actually grabbed a badge, which is a badge that I got from the Alamo. Well, rather, Gwyn got me from the Alamo. So it says Alamo Ranger, and on the name, because nothing ever has my name, it says Pardoner. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> it's a partner. It's very good. Gwyn just said howdy, Pardoner. I don't know if that picked up. Howdy. It didn't pick. Oh, I heard a word come in. I heard. I heard the last word there, and right back, right back at you. I'm making the pointy gun finger thing. <laughs> this is this is this see. episode is rated G for gay. Anyway, yeah. um, I'm rating this episode C for cute. <laughs> You're very sweet. Um, yeah, I don't know if anyone has any other thoughts about this. I know we kind of went really breezy with this, but like I said, it was like literally, I feel like if we actually spliced it together, it would have been like eight minutes of the episode. I mean, honestly, like, this felt like 
climbing into a comfortable pair of, like, pajama pants, and then, like, a fresh bl breeze blew in, because, who boy, did I need a break from, like, Shout. Yeah, that was a really good pick-me-up from Shout, and it was nice to see Paige just, like... I feel like, I feel like this is a good transition. Oh, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. No, it was nice to just see Paige be the secondary character that I think she's really fun having. Like, I think when she's the focus, I think Shout was a great episode, was a great pair of episodes, etc., etc. But, like, sometimes it's fun having a character just be that, like, kind of snarky secondary character. And I also think, in a way, it reiterates, I don't think the writers really intended this, but I do think it kind of reiterates a theme that happened in Shout, which is, like, even though you go through trauma, like, life has to keep going. And I like that we are seeing Paige still going and, yeah. being, and you know, fitting into her role that she always kind of had in the way that her dynamics work. So there's also that element, which is kind of nice. Yeah. Um, but, like... And I also, like, you know, Donnie and I have both already watched Take My Breath Away in the next episode. It would have been far too incongruous to go from Shout to that one. I feel like this is a good transition point where it's, like, kind of heavy but not super heavy. And then, like, the super lighthearted Take My Breath Away. I still feel like there should have been, one of these two should have been lighter, a little lighter somehow. I don't know. Maybe just don't make them both about body image. Mm. Yeah, I agree. That's, um, that's kind of my takeaway. I agree. I, I, I don't disagree with that assessment at all. Um, mm -hmm. So, what we usually do at this point, I mean, I guess mostly toward Frank, what would you rate this episode? I'll give it a solid A-. minus. Thanks. Like, I mean, it, um, some of the parts with JT... Like, the JT is just kind of the problem in the A-plot. Like, he needed better character development to really sell me on this one. Um, and then... Uh, but that... Okay, yeah, I would get, like... The uh, A-plot gets a B-plus. The, the B-plot gets an A-plus. Put them together, you get an A-minus. That's fair. So... Seamus, I don't know if you want to give a rating. Don't feel obligated to. This is more Frank's domain. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a non-committal 6.9, three and a half star, three star. No, three star. Screw it. If I'm using the, uh, if I'm going on a pitchfork scale, like 6.9. Like, I don't want to give him a seven because there's stuff that I thought was wrong with it. It was breezy enough for me to sit through and not really complain about. But, like, you know, I, I, I don't want to give them too much credit or you know the little three star which is like fair average good um i i feel like the priorities were in the wrong place i agree for, i i would give a rating like that i and i'm a little biased because i'm like this this department this wrestling department needs to be investigated like, <laughs> immediately i agree um, they're very bad at what they do they are fostering a very very bad environment and if this is only a middle school, I don't want to see what Canadian high school wrestling is like. But then again, there are a lot of Canadian pro wrestlers, so maybe this is where they get it. Through this brutal, <laughs> terrible system. What, what would have knocked the uh, A-plot into, like, S-rank S territory is if, like, the opposite school fielded a golden retriever against Toby. Yes. And they're just like, nothing says a golden retriever can't wrestle. Right? <laughs> well, that's the 
being like their their relatives in Maine where they were the morons who bring the dog. Because <laughs> that's the American movie. Um, so now what we do is character rankings. Um, Hiram, because you are a veteran, I recommend you sitting out on this one because your your rankings, like mine, are like super disjointed and distorted because of the yeah. amount of times we've seen certain episodes. So, Frank, what are your character rankings after this episode? Um, Hazel has been a super good friend last episode. She was a little out of her depth last, last episode, fairly. But, like, this episode, she was just as supportive as Paige was. So, like, Spinner is going to grab her hand, and they're going to rock it up to Paige levels for just being super accepting. Like, just super good friends. Like, just super supportive and just super nice um, to Terry in this episode. Uh, Terry, also for standing up for herself, she's also rocking up. And, like, she's going to land among the stars with Paige... Spinner and Hazel. JT is rising a little bit for showing some concern for Toby. Toby, kind of a jerk this episode. You're staying where you are. You're not going down, but you're staying where you are. Sean's still at the bottom. Really need Emma to. You really need Emma to um, forgive you before you can ever move up. Uh, Manny wasn't in this episode. Craig wasn't in this episode. Um. Mr. Simpson, eh, you're staying rough where you are. Um, Armstrong. I don't know. He's going to like take us tumble down the stair, land on the next stair. Oof. He was like, a really crummy I'm sorry? He was a bad ref, for what it's worth, if you want to feel more validated and kicking him down notch. Okay. Yeah. Um... Ashley, for showing concern for your dumb brother, um, you're rising up, like, a few notches. Uh, I wish Ellie was in this episode. Yeah, I'm I just, wish Ellie was in I'm this episode. Kidding. I always <laughs> wish Ellie was in an episode. When she's not there, There's, it's just, I miss her. Muhammad, you're, you know, you're hanging out with JT, or you're hanging out with Toby and JT towards the bottom. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Liberty, you didn't really do much, so you're not advancing, but thanks for, thanks for coming along. Mm-hmm. Um, I th- uh, Mrs. Who, who cares it of Whoseville? Casalacos. Don't care. I will, fair enough. I refuse to remember her name. That is fair. <laughs> um, I'm not arguing that. She's remaining towards the bottom. I think that's it. Yeah, yeah. It was, it wasn't terribly, like, character heavy. It was, like, a lot of, like, a two-fur, three-fur scenes, yeah. so... Um, now we move on to recommendations, where we recommend things that are either similar in theme, um, or just things that we really enjoy. Um, my recommendation whenever anything sport-related comes up is always Friday Night Lights. If you actually want to watch a show that goes into the pressures and the trials of being a student-athlete, and what happens when you do sincerely have a lot on the line, as well as the way that being a quote-unquote jock can put you in a certain social class um, in a Texas town that is just like nothing else in most people's high school experiences. It's always a good show to check out. It's up on Hulu that you can watch to stream. Um, In terms of portrayals of eating disorders, um, it's always kind of a rough one. 
Um, as many people could would probably tell you, like a lot of portrayals are usually too triggering to really recommend. I do think that uh, my lesbian experience with loneliness, which we've recommended on here before, has a pretty good handle on that aspect of it in a way that is very cathartic. Um, and obviously maybe still too triggering for some people, but for others it might be a little more, um, little more able to handle. Um, and then if you're interested in actually, like, checking out, yes? A door? Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna Sorry. wait a little bit before I get to my final recommendation. Um. Oh, I'm good. Go to, go to your last recommendation. Okay. Sure. Um, my last recommendation is like super academic. So if you've always listened to me talk on here and are like, how the hell did he end up this monster? Um, a book that I would recommend checking out is called, it's from 2010. So your mileage may vary in certain aspects, but it's called Against Health, How Health Became the New Morality, which is edited by Jonathan M. Metzel and Anna Kirkland. Um, and it's a book that has a collection of essays that talk about health and how we perceive health and then how we hurt people because of our perceptions of what is healthy. Um, and there are a couple essays in that collection that go into fat studies and obesity and how we view body and body types and how we then oppress people because of them. So if you are somebody who wants to get a little more academic into that type of stuff, it's um, more affordable than some other options with fat studies, such as the fat studies reader and things like that, which are pretty expensive, um, but still have some articles that you may be interested in checking out if this is a topic that you are passionate about. Hi, Remy, you any recommendations? Oh, yes. I put it on mute for a second, so none of that noise picked up. Um, uh... I mean, like, I was trying to think of any serious ones, and God help me, I couldn't, uh, because I don't think I've actually engaged in much media that handles body issues or peer pressure in the this did. Um, so I'm going to just recommend looking up some Eddie Guerrero matches, as we touched upon that earlier. If you want some good wrestling, go there. Um, good contemporary wrestling, New Japan Pro, and that's, that's about what I can do for that. I mean, yeah, uh... I kind of avoided most like realistic portrayals of jocks in media, <laughs> you know, or fake or unrealistic ones. So I don't think I have the same breadth of other parallel young adult recommendations. So say if you want good wrestling, uh, find me and I will talk your ear off about good wrestling. That's what I got. <laughs> Is that okay? Yeah, no, I think that's great. Okay, cool. <laughs> I also just had to quickly look up just to make sure that Eddie Guerrero did wrestle El Mysterio for custody of a child. Yeah. Oh? oh no, that's a that's a great arc. Oh, that's I mean, it's a great bad arc. Uh, it, it's similarly, if you want another really good bad arc, uh, look up Eddie Guerrero versus JBL. Um, believe it or not, this was when wrestling didn't take. Uh, uh, this is when wrestling took conservative characters as heels. Which is kind of amazing to see. Um, so the character JBL uh, claims that he's going to have Eddie Guerrero's mother deported. Uh, oh my god! Bloodiest matches. Oh yeah, and Eddie Guerrero's <gasps> mother gets a heart attack in it, and they're so. It's one of their matches is ranks among the bloodiest I've ever seen 
Oh my uh, god. So, but I'm just giving you a fair warning. They, they, it, and, and this is, of course, uh, ugh, the scary part is it's maybe 50% like controlled, meaning they do it themselves, but 50% of it is not, and that's when it's really bad. I mean, they're really great matches, but I'm giving you a fair warning. It takes a kind of strong stomach to get through it, and of course, the content is like wrestling has never been subtle, subtle or good about telling important stories ever, ever, almost. So. But if you're willing to sit back and through that lens go, oh, this is some carny tongue-in-cheek garbage, and at least the good guy is the Latino one, then, yeah, I, I suggest it. So, yes, there is the illegitimate child angle, and there is the um, uh, uh, crazy conservative versus, um, you know, somebody from Mexico, and the person from Mexico is actually the good character, which is, again, amazing to think of considering where Vince McMahon lines up politically. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Um, I'm going to, seeing how we mentioned Saved by the Bell, I'm going to recommend the web series, Zach Morris is Trash! It just breaks down each, like episodes of Saved by the Bell, pointing out just what a psychopath Zach Morris is. I'm going to look that up. That sounds fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> to, um, a brief warning, the guy is not super, like, it's a bit problematic here and there, not overly so, but, like, he does use some language that's a bit derogatory. Not super bad, but just a fair warning. So. Oh, it's the new YouTube system, yeah? Yeah. Well, I mean, that, that's the caveat, like, 98% of YouTubers anyway. Yeah. For better or for worse. Sorry, I'll get, I'll get off my, my street corner and stop preaching for a second about YouTubers, but yes, I am going to look that up. No, please, preach. Fair warning. <laughs> No, that no, wasn't no, sarcasm. No. Like I'm just like, yeah, no, the more we bring attention to this. <laughs> yeah. We'll, 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 we'll preach privately. It's amazing that Donnie even got me on here. <laughs> <laughs> you did it, though. Yeah, yeah I did. Uh, uh. So, so the question is, um, Hiram, if there is, yeah. if you're comfortable sharing any social media that people can follow you and talk to you about wrestling, Degrassi, or anything uh, in between. Sure. Uh, just uh, is probably to leave open, and that is uh, um, because that's not tied to so, and I don't use my real name on there either. That is uh, Homotome, or Homotome. H O M O T O M E, um, and I don't know if you provide. That's your Twitter, for right? So like, yeah, that's my Twitter. I don't okay. know if you told, like, mentioned why I'm being private, but I am not out of the closet yet. So um, I didn't want, like, you know, in in the weird world where like the five people I don't want to know yet, like, somehow stumble upon a Degrassi podcast by some means. <laughs> I I'm a very distinct name. I guess I'll say my real name is almost as distinct as my fake one here. So, yes, but they can they can follow me there. And, yeah, that's okay. You can do that. It's private, but I will accept. Sounds good. Um, and if you okay. want to keep in touch with the podcast, you can talk to us um, through many different ways. You can email us at ihopepod at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at ihopepod, on Tumblr at ihopepod, or on Facebook at I hope I can make it through a podcast. Feel free to talk to us about any of your thoughts about the episodes, about the characters, about us. Um, but also, 
Um, do not hesitate to ask, especially if you're interested in co-hosting um, or if you're interested in providing text or audio files about how episodes or characters or anything in between about Degrassi impacted you in some way, shape, or form. Um, if you would like to keep in touch with me individually, you can reach me on Twitter at DM is Unbreakable. Um, I no longer have a Twitter. By this point, this episode comes out, I will have shut it down. Um, but I do have another podcast called Teen Girl Talk um, that I do with my sister, where we cover all, we cover all kinds of media. I'm not going to say anything else because that's usually when Donnie or Quinn throws in a self-deprecating joke, and I I don't really feel like they need to self-deprecate. So. It's just because we're not funny people, and that is a funny podcast. We are. You are funny. Gwen is funny. Thank you. Hiram is funny. I'm funny. <laughs> Gwen yelling, I'm funny in the distance. So. Um, anyway, um, with that said, Hiram, thank you so much for coming in and talking to us a little bit. Um, sure. Feel free to come back. Yeah, thank you so yeah. much. Um, with that said... Just let me know, Donnie. I'll, I'll do it. I, I know where I'll, you live. Uh, yes, you do. Oh, <laughs> Um, let, let me know, uh, when the recording stops. Okay. By the way, I don't know yet. Will do. Um. I'll stay, I'll stay on the line, but just let me know. Yeah, of course. Um, with that said, we hope we can make it through. We hope that uh, you'll be there with us. Thank you so much, everybody, and we'll see you next week. Woo! Bye! Viva la raza! Everybody wants to fight me.